Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Just the other day, my wife and I were out shopping and all, and we, we stopped at Seize Candy. Just to help out my wife's chocolate cravings. So we... For it's interesting, the lady behind the counter, she had, you know, tattoos all over her arm and all, and... And she had this big heart on her arm. And I asked her, I says, well, what is that? And she says, well, that's the sacred heart of Jesus. And the Lord opened a wonderful door, an opportunity to, to share about the Holy Spirit and how you know, we need to be born of the Holy Spirit. God comes to live inside of us. And I'm telling you, this young girl, her eyes were like saucers. She was just listening so intently. And she was asking questions. And she wanted to know about Jesus. She wanted to know about having faith. And I believe that this young lady will come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And there's a saving faith. You know, we're saved by grace through faith. And faith plays a, you know, a key in, in us being converted. We must have faith. But it's not supposed to stop there. We're, you know, at that point, we're to walk by faith as believers. We're to walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us that through Paul the Apostle, we're to be those that walk by faith, meaning daily we're to put our trust in the Lord and in his word every day. And the Lord will take us beyond our, ourselves many times when we, we have to look to him and we have to trust that he will do it in and through our lives. It's a walk of faith. And that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at here in our text. So it's a wonderful story. Let's, let's dive in. Again, Luke chapter 1, verse 57. And it says, Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered, and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. His mother answered and said, No. He shall be called John. But they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to his father what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, praising God. This is the story of John the Baptist. This baby is, as we're going to know, you know, in the next few weeks, we're going to know that this is John the Baptist, a remarkable man, the forerunner of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one that says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the one that called for repentance and told those that wanted to come to know the Lord to repent and turn from their sins. He baptized many. I look forward to meeting this man someday in heaven, don't you? 
powerful man of God. But back in their culture, the, the, uh, the firstborn or the, the, the baby boys would be named after the father or another you know, family member. It was a tradition. The relatives and the neighbors, they were shocked when Elizabeth says, no, no, we want him to be called John. And they were you know, giving her a hard time, basically, as we rather say, no, 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 none of your family's named John. You know, we, we must call him Zach Jr. He's got to be a junior. Come on. And then, as we just read, they turned to the father. They turned to Zacharias. And because he was deaf and mute, they, you know, they made signs. It's just interesting. That word signs made, it made gestures or meaning to nod it or to make, you know, gestures to him. So I, I picture, I like to picture everything. They were like, baby, you know, they're trying to, you know, communicate with them. And he said his name, he took the writing tablet and he wrote, his name is John. Just as Gabriel, the angel said, his name would be John. Marvelous. It shows his faith, I believe. Do you notice it says immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose immediately when he when he wrote John. And I, I believe it was an act of faith. He was saying, no, no, this is the one that Gabriel spoke about. This is the child that that, you know, this miracle child that we had. And his name is John. And, you know, think of this. He was not able to speak for nine months. But as soon as he wrote John, he was able to speak and he started praising God. His mouth was opened. I, I just want to say with this, you know, as we, you know, we talk about faith and all it, you know, John's lack of faith. Remember back, you know, early on in the story when Gabriel said that you're going to have a son, your prayer's been answered, you're going to have a child. And, and remember, he doubted. He, he didn't believe it. And it says, because you don't believe my words, you're, you, they're going to be fulfilled in the time, but you're not going to be able to speak. Remember that? So his, his faith, his lack of faith hindered the work of the Lord. And I wonder, I, I wonder how often our, our lack of faith, we, we can hinder what God wants to do in all of our lives. Because we don't believe. We're called to walk by faith as believers. Again, and we're, we're called to, to have a walk of trusting the Lord and doing things beyond that, anything we can do and to use, uh, God wants to use the gifts and the talents that we have. And I wonder how many of us here uh, are being hindered because you don't believe. Or, or how many here are you, you know, making up excuses? Why? why? Well, why I can't do this? Why that it's not going to be possible? Why you don't have enough time? Or why, you know, the reason, excuse, I don't have enough time. I'm doing this or I'm doing that or I'm too busy at work. And, I'm doing, and, and maybe you're hindering what God wants to do. Each one of us, if you're a born-again believer here, you're a believer in Christ, you're going to stand before your maker. And, you know, think through that. One day we're going to be absent from the body. We're going to be present with the Lord. And, and I pray and hope every one of us, when we stand before the Lord, we're going to hear those words from our Lord that says, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of the Lord. I truly, with all my heart, I, I desire that. I, I can stand here, I can look everyone in the eyes, and I can say, I truly desire that, that one day that, that I'll stand before the Lord and I'll hear those words. I desire that. But I, but I wonder how often I can even hinder the work of God in my life for lack of faith, not believing. 
Are we hindering what God wants to do? Zacharias, nine months, he was hindered. He was not able to speak, and most likely he was deaf because they had to make sign language to him. Or they had to sign, to, you know, he couldn't hear. So for nine months, and how long do we go when we're, you know, when we're, we're mute and we're not able to do those things that God has called us to do because we just don't believe? Faith. Substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Faith. I remember many years ago, when I was assistant to Pastor John Corson at Calvary Costa Mesa, and he was doing Tuesday nights, and it was such a blessing, and you know things were just, you know, God was just blessing that that work and all, and and I remember one day he called me up and he said, uh, Joe, I, I need you to fill in for me at a, at a speaking engagement. I can't make it. Can you fill in for me? And I was like, fill in for Pastor John. I was a young, you know, a, a young pastor. And he said, I'm looking at the phone thinking, fill in for Pastor John Corson. I'm like thinking, there's no way. You know, like, I was like, oh, uh, and the Lord was already showing me. He wanted me, before they even got the phone call, I already knew he was prompting me that this was going to happen. Something like this was going to happen. So the Lord prepared me. I knew it was the Lord. I couldn't say no because it was God. And I was like, oh, okay. And he says, well, okay, I just want to let you know. It's some kind of, it's like a, a church dedication slash, slash couples retreat type of a thing. And I remember just panicking, thinking, church dedication, couples retreat, filling in for John. It was like, Lord, can you load anything else up on me and try to hinder what, you know, I don't feel prepared just to fill in for his shoes or just to, to talk to the people. Now it's going to be like this big shindig thing and, and I'm the, the, the guest speaker. And I remember, you know, I went to this thing. I showed up, you know, the place was busy, you know. And they're just like, they're breaking the news to the people as I was getting up. Well, Pastor John's not here, but we have. And I'm like sinking in my chair. I'm like, they don't even know. And I remember walking up to the pulpit and just the fiery darts thinking, you know, they're expecting John. They're expecting somebody else. And, but I'm here. And I remember I was hindering what God was doing because I had my eyes on myself. I didn't have my eyes on the Lord. You know, I regrouped and everything up there. It took a little bit, you know, it was like, almost like a boxer getting I'm like, okay, I think I can, you know, it's like, Lord, help me, get, help me to take my eyes off myself. It's a walk of faith. Are they here to hear from you, God, or are they here to hear from me? I think they want to hear from you. And I've been called to be a pastor teacher, so Lord, Stir up the gifts in me and speak. And it's a walk of faith. But how often can we hinder what God wants to do? I think of the story in Matthew 8, when Jesus was ministering around the Sea of Galilee, and there's a great multitude around him, and he commanded, remember, he commanded his disciples to cross over to the other side. And you remember the story, remember they're in the boat and, and a, immediately a storm hits and the, the, the waves were crashing up and it, it was a terrible storm. Do you remember what Jesus was doing? Sleeping. He said he was on another, uh, gospel says he was on a pillow. He was taking a nap. And basically they, they tried to wake him up and they woke him up and they said, do you, do you even care that we're perishing? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 8, 26. He said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? 
I think, you know, put me on the boat. I think I would probably be a little fearful myself. But he, he, why would he say that? You have little faith. Because he already told them, we're going to get to the other side. He said, let's go to the other side. If, if Jesus says you're going to go to the other side, you're going to make it to the other side. And he's saying, what, you know, why do you have little faith? I said, let's go to the other side. I didn't say we're going to make it halfway there and sink. And as we go through the storms of life, you know, many times we can just be filled with fear and terror or worry and anxiousness or, and doubt. And, and the Lord say, with you have little faith. Remember the rest of the story? Jesus rose and he rebuked the wind and, he, and the sea. I love that story. And it says there was a great calm. And they marveled and they said, you know, who can this be that, that can even the winds and the sea obey him? Wouldn't you have loved to have been there? Not during the storm part, but when he, <laughs> when he stands up and he, he rebukes the wind and the sea and boom, they obey him. Guess what, folks? We have the same God. The same God that rebuked the wind, rebuked the sea. He's in our midst. He's with us. And he will get all of us to the other side as we walk by faith. Back in our text, don't lose the picture. Zacharias the priest, he writes the name John and immediately he's able to speak. And the first thing he does, again, he's praising God. In verse 65, it says, then fear came on all who dwelled around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. The people in the area were talking about the family and this child. They, they, they saw that God was in the midst of them. Rumors are going around like wildfire. Everybody's saying, you know, what kind of child is this? What, what, what's up with this family? God is in their midst. Do you hear of the miracles taking place? Do you see that things are going on? Elizabeth, you, you know, she's old. She's past the childbearing years and she has a baby. She was even barren. The father has some story that he was in the temple and, and an angel appeared to him and said that they're going to have a child and they had this child. He didn't believe and he was, wasn't able to talk for nine months. Guess what? Now he can talk again. And the talk's going around the town. Everybody's talking about what's going on with this family. And they, they see that the Lord is working in their midst. I pray that the people in this area are talking about what the Lord's doing in our midst. I truly do, that he's at work. He's here. How a popular nightclub, a red onion nightclub is now a church. What's up with that? <laughs> Pretty guy walked by yesterday. You know, he was going to his boat with his kids. They're carrying all this heavy stuff. He's looking in like this and he keeps looking in. And I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, he goes yeah, I met my wife inside there. I said, did you ever believe it'd be a church? He goes, no, I didn't. Wow. Come visit. And we're getting people coming from the community. Lives being changed. Because I'm looking at them right now. Different people coming from the community. Because God's in our midst, folks. He's here. And he's changing lives. 
We had one gentleman before the, when we were doing the build out, we were in the, at the, the old women's club. We were packed. If you were there at the women's club, we were packed in like sardines in that little community center. We were, we were over there. Well, some guy found out that, that this Red Onion nightclub was going to be a church. And well, he met his wife here. And so he, he wanted to see, he wanted to know, you know, what kind of church is moving into my, my bar, my old bar, my old lounge. So he went to visit us. Wasn't a believer. Heard the message stood up and gave his life to Christ. Looking at Bob over there. Wonderful. One of the first people in the community we ran into. Prayed with him on the green belt. Here he is. All those years later. Pray for Bob's health, him and his wife. Timbo, his son, and just the miracle that God's doing. Mike knocked on his door, invited him out to the church, and he knew that was God. God was speaking to him. Came out to the church, I don't know how many years ago, maybe eight years ago or so, nine years ago. God's in our midst. I believe it's good for us personally to let people know around us that God's in our midst. Believers and unbelievers alike, to, you know, sharing what God is doing currently in our lives. It's, I believe it's so important to do that. The people around us, for the believer to encourage them that God's you know, doing such wonderful things. He's still in our midst. And I believe it's so important. You know, I, I like doing that every once in a while. I know, you know, even a simple thing of just taking a scripture that the Lord's speaking to and sharing it with unbelievers out in the world. I, I love doing that occasionally. Remember one of the last times I was at a gas station and, you know, you know, paid my bill and all. And the guy says, you know, how are you doing today? I said, I'm blessed. He goes, oh, really? Why? And I says, oh, you really want to know? I says, hey, well, the, the Lord showed me this scripture. Can I share that with you? What is he going to say? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You know, so <laughs> I just shared it with him. He says, you know, look at this. And, you know, this is how it is speaking to me today. And then look at how this is working. Is, and God, you know, God's really speaking to me. And I says, how about you? And he's like. That's good. That's good. I said, yeah, that's good. He, he wants to speak to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when, you know, it's so, I believe it's so wonderful to let people know that God is in our midst. He's here. And it's so good to keep those stories alive. So the people around, they realize God is there in their midst. But notice again in verse 66, the hand of the Lord was with him, was with John the Baptist, meaning God's hand was in with him. God was with him in a special way. And I believe it's important just to, to use that, talking about the hand of the Lord and all, you know, and, and believing that God's with us. Uh, when we talk about faith and all, as believers, it, it's good for us to realize God is always with us. He's all present. God is always with us. And everything that happens to us, and we have to understand this as believers, it's filtered through the loving hands of our God, no matter what comes our way. And I believe the, the more we get, the more we're used by God, the more things that go on, the more warfare that takes place, the more battles that take place, the more you know, things that are stirred up, but then you just keep saying, well, God, you're going to, okay, you've got this one too. I can't believe it. And he's got it every time because he's with us. And I'm not talking about outright sin. You know, you can't, you know I'm just going to sin like crazy. God's going to be there and he's going to bless. No, 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 no. Turn from your sins. Seek God. When you mess up, go to the cross. But then walk by faith and realize that, that God is in our midst and he's with you. 
And he has it. Every trouble that comes your way, God is going to be in the midst of you and he's going to help you through it. So we walk by faith, knowing that he's in control. I don't know if you read this story, a wonderful story of George Mueller, the missionary. I love his stories. I read once that he was on a, he went on a ship and the captain, he told the captain that he needed to go to Quebec by Saturday afternoon to preach a sermon. And the captain said, sir, that's impossible. Which George Mueller replied, he said, very well, if your ship cannot take me, God will find another way because I have never broken a speaking engagement in 57 years. Check this out. So he told the captain, he says, hey, let's go in the other room and let's pray. The captain looked at the man and he thought he was a lunatic, the story goes. And he said to George Mueller, he says, do you know how dense the fog is out there? And George Mueller replied, no, my eyes are not on the density of the fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. George Mueller kneeled down and prayed a simple, short prayer and said, Captain, I've known the Lord for 57 years. And he says, I've never missed a single audience with the king. He's never failed me. And he told the captain, he says, get up, captain. He goes, look out the door and that fog that was there will be removed. And the funny thing too, part of that story, the captain was going to pray and he put his hand on the captain's shoulder. He says, no, don't pray. I know you don't believe. But he told the captain, you go out and you look and that fog is going to be removed. And sure enough, the captain opened the doors and looked out and the fog was gone. And George Mueller made it to his speaking engagement with faith. Someone once said, God honors faith and faith honors God. Just another quote. Hudson Taylor said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Again, the hand of the Lord was with John the Baptist. The hand of the Lord's with us as believers. Verse 67, it says, now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. We don't have time to go through his whole prophecy about Jesus and his prophecy about John the Baptist, but 68 to 69 is a wonderful prophecy. Please take the time to read it. Don't miss it. It's wonderful. It's very good. It's very rich, and it talks about Jesus and about John the Baptist. Last verse, verse 80, after he prophesied. So don't lose the picture. Zacharias is prophesying. He can speak again. God's using him again. He's walking by faith. And it says, so the child talking about John the Baptist grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. So he was out in the wilderness until it was his time to be revealed. And we're going to talk more about John the Baptist in upcoming weeks in chapter three, I believe. But in closing, faith. I believe for the most part, baby believers, many times they have that simple childlike faith, don't they? They read the word, they just believe. God speaks to them, they just respond. I believe sometimes what can happen with believers after many years, they can lose that childlike faith, that simplicity of just believing God. In Ephesians, Paul the Apostle said, above all things, Hold up the shield of faith, with which quenches out all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Hold up the shield of faith. 
And I personally find if I'm not holding up the shield of faith, trusting the Lord, those fiery darts are getting in. We're called as believers to walk by faith, just trusting the Lord. Wonderful reminder as we see Zacharias, his voice was loosed. He was able to speak when he trusted the Lord. And he started prophesying and he started being used by God again. I pray that not one of you, not one of us are put on a shelf. We're to put our hand to the plow and not look back. Stay usable. Stay in the battle. Stay in the race. Fiery darts are coming your way. But walk by faith and not by sight. Put your trust in the Lord. Put no confidence in man. Put no confidence in the flesh. Put your trust in your Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Come, be a throne of mercy. It's the sound of our hearts in praise. It's the sound of our hearts You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory. As we come to your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our hearts in praise. It's the sound of our hearts.